Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 303. This time I have quite a bit to say about Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle. And I have sort of a preview of Pact Worlds for Starfinder. I just kind of flipped through it. You can probably tell in my voice I'm pretty congested and I've been sneezing quite a lot. So I've been out of sorts, I guess you could say. And not really been into, um, like, reading and analyzing. So I just kind of skimmed through it and uh, sort of a brief overview of what's going on. And that's really it for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Friday the 13th, Killer Puzzle, is a free-to-play game. I forgot to check uh, what devices it's out for. It is a free-to-play puzzle game, and it's one of those ones where you have a character and there's, uh, you know, other goals or objectives, and you move the character either horizontally or vertically along a small grid by swiping a particular direction. You don't need to be online to play, which is uh, the best thing for me because I'm usually uh, not online when I'm playing my mobile games. But if you aren't online, you can uh, tap your mother's head <laughs> to get a hint. But if you are online and you do that, you're forced to watch a short ad, which is n not entirely terrible. But then you get the option of a hint the outright puzzle solution, which I didn't click, so I'm not sure how detailed it is, or the option to skip the puzzle. So if you are online and you, you watch the ad, then you get uh, a lot better options than if you're offline. Offline, you're just kind of stuck um, either being able to solve the puzzle or not. There are various cosmetic uh, items to get. You get a bunch of weapons, and there's a bunch of outfits Outfits will naturally unlock by progression through the levels. But also, as you kill all the people, you sort of level up this uh, blood level. And at the end of that, you get a loot box, and the loot box will have uh, a weapon in it. And then when you're in the game, you can click on your weapon and either change it or swap different weapons into sort of this combination thing. You need three different weapons I don't think it really matters what the rarity is because the rarity uh, doesn't really have anything to do with weapon damage or anything. It's just you have a weapon and that's it. But you put three of these together, you push the little combine button in and it will, it will give you a different weapon. Maybe not necessarily one that you haven't had yet, but there are a bunch of weapons to collect. And once you've gotten it, uh, it sort of tracks if you've had that weapon or not in your collection. It can still give you repeat weapons, but I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe there's something cool if you unlock them all. It seems truly free to play. I've played quite a bit. In my first hour when I wrote this review, 
I had seen no sign of limits of play or uh, any kind of energy-based mechanic that would limit your play. I've played, I would guess maybe, probably going to overestimate, but I would say maybe three or four hours total. And I still have not seen any sign of any limitations on how much I can play. Which means the game is really, truly, indeed free. And all of its incentives are just, you know, cosmetic things. You get those little loot crates. Or I guess uh, you can probably unlock uh, outfits by purchase as well. But it is totally unnecessary to pay anything for the game. And like I said, unless you are online and want a hint... Uh, you don't see any ads, and you definitely don't see any when you're offline. So it is a really great uh, free-to-play game, which is really rare to see these days. I would guess a big part of that is probably not very many people uh, these days know who Jason is anymore. It's not exactly a big icon like he used to be uh, back in the 80s. Like I said, at the point I'd written this review, which was about one hour played, I had gotten to the seventh, uh, I guess, blood level and had 86 kills, and pretty much double those now. I had pretty much 100%ed my way through the first four sections, and there are a total of 19 uh, sort of zones, and I think there are 13 levels in each zone. It would kind of follow their theme. I, I didn't have really a way to check. Um, so that seems like a ton of levels. The thing is, though, even with that many levels, after about 15 minutes, the game sort of has introduced you to all the ideas you're going to see, and it gets kind of repetitive. I mean, sure, new ideas are introduced, such as in, like, the second or third zone, you'll get some guards, and these guards are, you know, watching one particular side, so you can't attack them from that side. There are pit squares, there are squares that have items that if you run into them it will knock them over into the next square there are traps that will get set off so if you run over them you instantly die but if you send a person over them uh, it disarms the trap and in the most recent uh, sort of map set i've gotten to has been a cat and the light switch so the cat will move around you can't kill the cat it is hilarious and then the, the newest thing is the light switch, which will uh, turn off the lights so the people won't see you. So you can't scare them when it's dark, uh, you know, so maybe you want to scare them to move them, maybe not. So, I mean, yeah, it gets a little bit more intricate, but the basic idea of you have Jason, you want to run up and kill the people, you have to do it in a certain order because the level is, you know, a certain way and you can only move horizontally or vertically. Uh, and he moves all the way each time, so you have to, you know, go this way and this way and this way to get around to there. So there are, you know, the puzzle aspects, but, you know, the overall puzzle aspects don't really change. It's not like, you know, a timing puzzle where stuff's going to be in your way and you have to time it. It's it's just a flat, uh, you know, static puzzle, you know, that you want to move the pieces in a certain way. If you are really into puzzlers, it's a very cute puzzler that has some murderous twists there are super cute uh things the campers the cats all that stuff is super cute which is kind of silly because you're killing them but it is kind of repetitive even right from the start you know it's a simple idea of i'm swiping this way to go this way to kill uh this person 
And then if you get stuck, it can get really frustrating and really boring really quickly because it's one of those things where, you know, you get stuck and you're like, oh, you know, forget it, I'll just stop playing. And as I said, if you're online, you can skip levels. So there's always that. That's great. But it's one of those things where it's like, I guess if you're really into puzzles, that's one thing. But if you're like me and you're kind of meh about puzzles, it's like I would just as easily just stop playing if I got really, truly stuck somewhere. Because it's like, well, these are going to be equally as difficult pretty much from now on. And if I'm stuck here, uh, you know, forget it. I'll just move on to the next game. I did experience a couple of strange locks. Um, after I had failed a level, if I did a specific thing uh, before a specific time, the, the game would sort of lock and I wouldn't have the option to restart the level. That's really only happened like twice, so it's not a huge deal. And it's always at the end of the level when you failed, so it really doesn't matter. You just you know restart the, the app and then you're back to where you were. Other than that, there's no real bugs that I've seen or any issues. Runs quite well on my iPad Mini 4, uh, which, you know, admittedly it's a little bit older now, but it is, uh, as far as I know, the most powerful Mini still. Uh, They don't seem to update those as often as sort of the main, uh, you know, full-size iPad. But it seems like it would run uh, uh, pretty well on other older things. I don't know about phones, though. They might be a little small uh, to play this on. So I don't know if I'd recommend it for phone if it's available. It is totally free to play, though, uh, and in the uh, best free-to-play kind of way. So I would highly recommend checking it out uh, if you had any desire at all to uh, check something like this out. So I have just a little bit to say about Pact Worlds for Starfinder. As I said, I've just kind of skimmed through it. I haven't really 100% read uh, any sections of it. So this is sort of more of an overview than a full review of it. The biggest thing for me is that there is a ton of lore and background on each world. For a few character concepts, I've thought of, oh, I want my character to be sort of this specific sort of a small town area kind of feel. Where would that be? I know roughly what world he would be from, but you know, the the core book doesn't really give you specifics like that. Like in this particular example, I'm looking at a doctor who is a uh, quote unquote country mouse who I knew I wanted him to grow up sort of in Castrovel uh, in sort of a gnome and halfling area. So he'd have a great accent, you know, He's from that area where the gnomes and halflings grew up. So he'd be Yosoki, um, which would be a little bit unusual for that area. But my sort of story would be that he grew up in this small area. He came to Absalom Station and he's a doctor. And then he went back to do some, I guess, interning work. You know, that sort of early work uh, with a lot of sort of Old West flair. Uh, he would be a modern doctor, but... Uh, have, you know, an old-school sort of six-shooter-style pistol. You know, they don't actually have six-shooters yet, but 
sort of a, a semi-auto, I think it's called, pistol. And it had sort of a Romeo and Juliet sort of Old West backstory as to how he got that, uh, you know, as a gift. But the core worlds don't really explain, you know, what specific area on Castroville that could happen. Like I said, I haven't read Pact Worlds word for word yet, but from the looks of it, uh, the description of Castroville does have several pages of this area is like this, it has this kind of people, it has this kind of history. So it definitely looks like Pact Worlds is the place to look uh, if you're interested in that kind of lore and background depth to your characters. That is, of course, I think the biggest draw of uh, why you should get Pact Worlds. In sort of the technical breakdown, they have 14 new themes, which I'm a huge fan of these. I love sort of background and sort of uh, game mechanic reasons of, you know, where did your character start? Uh, where are they going as uh, they level up kind of options? I like those quite a bit. I always felt the core rulebook had way too few of them. So this is really great. You get a bunch more. I gotta say they're kind of organized uh, poorly in the book. It's got the main section of, you know, the core worlds and their history. And that that's like probably five pages per world. Uh, just as a rough guess. And then these themes appear sort of one per world at the back of that section. So I think that was kind of a mistake to do that. Because if you want to look through them quickly, you can't really do that. There's no, like, chart of here are the themes, and then you can look up uh, what they do quickly. As far as I noticed, um, there might be some chart somewhere else, not in the book. But it would have probably been nicer uh, for me uh, to see them all together, you know, one, two, three, four, five, you know, right in a row, instead of having to go through all of the core worlds to try and find them. There is a little bit on starships. So you get a few starships. Uh, it seems like they're either faction-based or world-based. So you get a little bit more flavor on what the ships look like, a couple of options on the sort of ships for that faction. So that's really cool if you are into starships. There are a few bad guys to use in your games. It looks like they are also sort of tied to factions. There's like one sort of street gang faction and one sort of... I think it's like the Hell Knights uh, sort of faction. So they're kind of based around particular groups. So there's some cool options with that. There are six new archetypes. And while that's quite a bit more than in the core book, I've never really been a fan of this idea. What this does is sort of replaces uh, certain abilities and gains, I guess, in terms of uh, character growth when you pick a particular class. So this archetype system really doesn't seem uh, the best to me because in more cases than not, it seems like you're losing a lot of really core important features of the class in trade for this sort of subclass, which granted, it's a cool idea because any class can sort of hybrid into this archetype and then, you know, have different uh, sort of spin on it. But in terms of just taking two base core classes and making a split class character, that always seems like a much better deal to me because then you aren't losing class features. You won't be, you know, as uh, current compared to a pure class character, but you are, you know, getting all of those class features, which to me, in a lot of cases, seems like a much better deal than 
you know, trading out for a pure class and then, you know, not ever getting them because you're replacing it with archetype features. But I don't know. If you're into archetypes, uh, these six uh, might be cool and interesting. I know one of them looks uh, pretty cool. The art is really cool. It's a uh, sort of mystic and he's sort of got like this alchemy, um, techno magic look to him and he looks pretty cool. Uh, but looking at his abilities, it's like, you would lose this, 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 and this, and this, and this level of your core class. And I'm like, okay, that looks really crippling. So I don't know, I've never personally been into them, but there are quite a few more uh, if you are into them. There's a handful of new feats and spells, not a ton of them. I'm kind of surprised there weren't more uh, of each of those. So they aren't really game-changing in that sense, but there are enough, I think, to give uh, sort of different flavor uh, to a particular class you are building. So it's kind of nice to have something, you know, oh, I'm sort of this theme, and oh, this one or two new spells uh, looks really good for me. So that's really cool. There's a few weapons, armor, and magic items. Also weapon fusions. But there's not a whole lot of them. I expect most of that is getting saved for the armory, which is coming out in a couple months. So don't expect, you know, a bunch of new options for that. There are a few, but it's not um, critical or game-changing or going to be like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like that. But it's not anything uh, super amazing from what I've seen. There are six new races. I expect, though, really only two of them are going to be used because the others are just so wacky or just really weird or super situational. I mean, expect, uh, you know, that's great for that one super niche player who's like, oh, this is perfect for my really bizarre, crazy, wacky, non-standard idea. But for the majority of players, I really think that only the two um, sort of druid uh, plant life character and then the robot character will really appeal to sort of the mainstream player. When I first heard there were androids in Starfinder, I was kind of thinking more of this uh, SRO because uh, I thought they were like, you know, maybe humanoid, but, you know, had sort of a metallic look to them. So when I saw androids were more uh, replicant slash humanoid like I was kind of disappointed so if you're like me the SRO robot life form is really the way to go for that so I think that'll be the the big one that people take away from the Pact Worlds book and uh, start using in place of Android uh, for those who don't want you know a humanoidish Android that's really it for my quick uh, sort of look at the Pact Worlds book at 10 bucks for the PDF, it's absolutely worth getting, especially if you're into lore and character options. At full price of a hardback, I don't know, it's a little bit tough. I'm not entirely sure on what that price is. It's only like 200-ish uh, pages of information. Uh, you know, it's like 215-ish total, but you know, there's full page pictures and stuff, so not all of it is 100% uh, information. I suppose only you can answer if the hardback version of it is really worth it or not. Probably more uh, based on if you like uh, physical printing as opposed to PDF. But I would say unless you're really into lore and character options, it's probably not a must-buy for you. Probably, you know, every player should probably pick it up at 10 bucks for the PDF. 
but if things are super tight, you can probably just borrow it uh, from a friend and check out what you want to check out, and then, you know, get the information you need um, from that, or probably a free resource, the online uh, sort of database probably has all this information in there. But if you're really into uh, physical books and lore and character options, uh, you know, physical printing is probably the better deal for you. And I would say uh, probably don't go over about 35 bucks. If you're going over that, it's probably, uh, you know, a bit overpriced for what you're getting. But that is my quick analysis of the Pact Worlds book for Starfinder. From the newsroom. There's actually a little bit of news this time. Destiny 2's next expansion has been named. It's called Warmind. It is due out actually really soon uh, on May 8th. So it looks like I'll probably have that to talk about for next podcast uh, in three weeks. Hearthstone's newest Witchwood expansion has a single-player adventure coming out called the Monster Hunt, and that looks pretty cool. If you did the uh, dungeon run, I think it was before, it's got a very similar feel. There's like four heroes you pick from, not class heroes. These are uh, actually different heroes because they have different hero powers that combine uh, with the cards you get. And so you go through and you're fighting, uh, you know, random bosses to get to the end boss. One pretty cool thing they're doing is that you can't get to the main, main boss until you've beaten it with all four of the heroes. So, you know, those first three times, even if you get to the end, you won't have access to sort of the ultimate end boss. So that's pretty cool. Battlezone. Uh, the one VR game that I've actually been really, really interested in, and if I had money, that would have been the game to get me to buy VR, has finally announced they're making a 2D playable version. Uh, it's actually the same game. They're just, you know, enabling you to play it without VR. And that's happening very soon on May 1st. It is called the Gold Edition, but if you buy it uh, right now, then it will automatically convert you to the gold version when that uh, releases on May 1st. And from then on, if you have VR, if you don't have VR, you can play. You can play with your friends who have or do not have VR mixed. Uh, you know, somebody could be on VR, and maybe they've got two other friends who are not on VR. You could all play together. They will have up to four-player uh, co-op mode, so quite a few people can play together. And so that is really, really cool, exciting news. I've been really waiting to play that. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of the original Battlezone back in the day. That was one of my uh, sort of favorite go-to arcade games when I'd go to the arcade back then. I'm pretty sure I've played all the versions uh, since then as well when they've tried to update it. But this version uh, has been the sort of one true version that really uh, stuck with the original concept and design. You know, I haven't played it yet, but from what I've seen, it looks like what it would have been if it was, you know, made now instead of, you know, back in the 80s. So I've really been looking forward to that. Uh, and if you are like me and you love the original, uh, this definitely looks worth picking up. And of course, you know, if you get VR later on down the line, you can 
turn VR on, uh, and then it will do that. So that is awesome. And that's it for the news. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. Ha ha ha. The following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do we second. Sean R. For the most generous continued donations. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip arr. Hip hip arr. Hip hip So that's it for this time. I'm feeling uh, super sick. I'm surprised I haven't actually sneezed uh, during my recording. I've been sneezing uh, the past couple of days, like every 15 minutes or 30 minutes. I'll just be like, "Fizzu, fizzu," and it's like crazy. And you might be able to tell I'm uh, super stuffed up and congested, and my throat is just bleh. I have like no uh, lower registry at all, even if I try. Which I, I, you know, I don't get really deep voice, but in my silly voices I've been uh, messing around with, because I always do that to amuse myself. There's a couple I just flat out can't do because I can't get to the lower, the lower range. So that's pretty terrible. I'm sure that'll clear up soon. Things are super terrible and worrisome uh, in my regular life because I have a couple bills coming up uh, that I won't be able to pay. I did get a big donation lately, so I'll be able to pay for one of them, uh, mostly. It's got some options uh, for the bill I can uh, turn off, and I'm going to have to, because I don't have as much for uh, the full bill as I need uh, to get you know the fancy options turned on. But that will uh, cover my internet stuff, and my domains will keep going for another year. So that's great uh, for that, but... You know, car insurance and gas and other normal bills are coming up still. And then, of course, I have the biggest concern, which is, I think it's uh, mid-July, I think, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully it's not mid-June. It's the car registration again. That's the next really big one coming up uh, pretty soon. So I'm pretty worried about that. But I try to hold on to hope that help will come in time. And hopefully everybody has... Uh, okay life and not suffering like me and hopefully I'll see everybody next time okay thanks bye You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings.
If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2018.